0: Hello, my name is Ella Meakin, and thank you for joining me in my podcast series, What's cooking? Today, I will be talking about food, more specifically, how COVID has changed the way the food supply chain has been affected by the pandemic. Now, last episode, we talked about how the restaurant industry has changed, and now we're going to talk about the food supply chain, how it's been affected, and also diving into a problem that a lot of Canadians face. When the lockdown first hit and everyone was sent home, not everyone actually was. Places that didn't have the choice and had to stay in operation, even though they couldn't follow all of the distancing rules very well. This is because we needed to get our food out to people. It's not like a haircut where we can wait for the salons to open up again. This is the process of feeding people and it's so important to keep it up and running. Without doing a deep dive into the ins and outs of the thrilling world of food distribution, I'm going to share a story with you of something that I witnessed as proof that restaurants adapted really, really well during this super weird time. Something I thought was really clever was to make restaurants into grocery stores. This is what I saw happening in a few places in my community, and I know not all restaurants were fortunate enough to be able to do this, but if they did, here's how they did it. The goal was that they wanted the whole operation to stay in business and keep everybody working. If you remember back to March, so many people were out of work, they were just sent home. So farmers would continue the relationship with packing plants and distributors. That way, the big centers that held the food from the farms were still being sent all the food and they sent it to the restaurants. Because restaurants were not opened at this time, all their seating was gone, they kept ordering the food that they would normally buy every week, but instead of making their menu, they would sell the food wholesale as if it was a grocery store. So this way the farmers, the holding centers, the truck drivers, and the employees of the restaurant could all keep their job and keep the supply chain going. and. I used this actually for many weeks and it was really nice to see how the people were forced to improvise and adapt and they did it so well. Plus I got to buy like liters and liters of sauce from my favorite restaurants. And who doesn't want that? In my community, a lot of local businesses have shut down and to see some stay open throughout arguably the most confusing time in the pandemic really gave us hope that things would still be waiting for us when this whole thing was over. When restaurants were allowed to open again, the service stopped, they went back to their menu, but it had done what it was meant to do. It kept the business alive until they could work the way that they knew how. While we're talking about creative food distribution during COVID to keep restaurants in business, another topic needs to be covered. During the pandemic, I for one was reminded and also re-educated about the giant food distribution problem we have in the entire world, but also right here in Canada. Before the pandemic made a lot of existing problems a lot worse, The distribution of food has really impacted a lot of people. Many communities, as we know, are less well-off than others, but when you hear the actual statistics, it really does put it in perspective. If you've never heard about food insecurity, it's when someone isn't getting the food that they need. As simple as that. Food security is when all people have the physical and economic access to sufficient nutritious food that meets their dietary needs and preferences for an active and healthy life all the time. And I think that we can all agree, especially here in Canada, no one should have to wonder when their next meal is. Because so many people have lost income this year, it's been predicted that more and more Canadians are going to suffer from food insecurity, about 1.5, million children experience some level of food insecurity in their life and that's without all the added stress of the pandemic. The government of Canada released a stat that said one in seven people will report food insecurity and those are just the people who will report it. It truly can affect anyone. People who live paycheck to paycheck, households with children and the Métis, Inuit and First Nation people living on and off reserve show higher rates of food insecurity than any other population. There's a social aspect to it as well. And as we know, the pandemic has changed a lot of social situations for us. But imagine not being able to have friends over for a meal because you don't even have enough food to make yourself a meal, let alone a group of friends. Or you can't go out to a restaurant at the end of the week because you don't have money to spend on food, it's going other places. This is also linked to worse physical and mental health due to not being able to eat healthy foods as well as an added amount of stress. For adults, food insecurity is associated with increased nutritional vulnerability, poor overall health, poor mental health, physical, oral health, multiple chronic health conditions, including diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, depression, epilepsy, and fibromyalgia. There are studies that have shown that food insecurity impacts a person's ability to provide self-care or manage chronic health conditions. We have to be in a healthy condition if we wanna fight off the virus, if we get it. So it's so important, especially now, to not forget that everyone has to keep eating healthy, keep leading an active life more than ever. Total health care costs are also linked to food insecurity because there was a study out of Ontario that found inpatient hospital care, emergency department visits, physician services, same-day surgeries, and home care services significantly increase with the level of household food insecurity. So by not solving this problem, we end up creating more and more problems within the essential services in our society like health care. And we know now more than ever that keeping our healthcare system, as well as other essential services, clear and running as smoothly as possible is so important right now. If we go back early in the pandemic and remember all the things in the grocery stores that had limits or weren't available at all, that is a form of food insecurity. That is the supply chain getting clogged and not getting food to where it needs to be. And I know this all sounds very scary, but there are ways to help fight this problem, not only in the pandemic, but to remember when life gets back to normal, that there are still people experiencing food insecurity. Right now focusing on buying locally sourced food is a really great way to take some pressures off the large suppliers while also helping out small businesses food banks were also a response to this problem yet only one in four people who need it use it and it's considered of more of a last resort globally 30 to 50 percent of food production goes to waste because of insufficient preparation Or inadequate storage facilities. Arguably this is a very stupid problem to have. We have more than enough food in the world, yet it's not reaching everyone. It's not even reaching everyone in Canada. Now this isn't an easy problem to fix, but it's important that we're all aware of it. Even though we live in a rich country, there are still people suffering from food insecurity. This is a systemic problem, it's an income problem, and it's an availability problem, and one that needs to be fixed. And luckily in Canada, we do have programs to help, but of course, as an individual, there's always things that we can do. we can always do more. Some people say that an easy way to help with food insecurity is to limit the number of stages your food goes through before it gets to you. As the supply chain gets longer and longer, our food gets more expensive and then that limits the amount of people who can afford it and therefore have access to that food. This is an easy way to do a small thing that will help your community. Obviously, this is a very daunting problem and one that needs a lot of policy change and funding and awareness. But don't forget that as an individual, there are always small things you can do to do your part. You can donate to a national or a local food donation foundation or program. You could volunteer your time. You could help them out if you're not able. donate financially or if you don't want to give them food, you can always volunteer your time. I know that helps a lot. You could start your own food drive with your school or your workplace or just with your friends and family. Get a bunch of food together, especially during the holidays, that's a really nice thing to do, and donate it to one of the local or national food banks. You can always write or call to your elected officials to talk about the food policies that you have in your city or province or country and talk about things you can do better, talk about the food policy or lack thereof. Being conscious of your food waste is another really, really great way to help with food insecurity because you're only using the food that you need to and the next time you're at the grocery store, you know exactly how much food you can get another way to do this is signing up for meal kits because they give you exactly what you need for that meal and there is a lot less food waste. Buying locally or trying to eliminate how many steps your food goes through before it gets into your home is another great way to ensure that everyone involved in all those steps stays employed and the money keeps going through. Lastly, you can reach out to community-run efforts, like a food bank, or a kitchen, or a community fridge. You can donate financially, your time, or look, or look at their websites and figure out what they need for donations so your criteria fits. And that was the food supply chain and food insecurity during COVID. (laughs) Thank you so much for sticking around. I know that one was a tough one, but I hope you learned something and I gave you something to think about, especially through this holiday season. If you're in the position, go out and donate where you can. Like I said before, the food bank is a great way to keep families fed through the holidays as well as going out and supporting your local businesses. A lot of local businesses right now are relying on that profit from December. So buy local for all your Christmas or holiday presents this year. So your favorite places can stay alive and well during these very weird times. So thank you again for listening and keep on listening because next episode we are going to be talking about how food has changed in our homes during the pandemic. Bye!